Hello, everyone, and welcome to Banter and Barbells. I'm your host, Joy Himley, and today I have my returning guest, David Mathis, on um, with Coach David. Is it Coach David Mathis? Golly, yeah. I just like go to it. I'm like, I can't remember exactly. It's like a, it's like a phone number. I just like message you, and I don't pay attention. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, you got it right. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, battling a little bit of a cold that I picked up from the Arnold last weekend, you know, yeah, some got it from one of my, you know, couple hundred thousand friends that I, I met up with there. Oh my God. It's, it's a fun time, but you kind of always know coming back from those things, you're going to, you're going to yeah. be a little under the weather for a few days. So right. I've never been, is it, is it like, is there anything different from years prior? Like what, you know, um, what's the, you know, there's definitely a little bit different of a vibe since COVID. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, the year that COVID 2020, they, they canceled it just like a few days before the right. event. Um, and then they picked it back up in 2021 and it was eh, kind of iffy, you know? Yeah. And then 2022 last year kind of started getting back. And this year, I mean, it, it's different from when I was last there in 19, mm-hmm. 2019, uh, but still a great atmosphere. Still tons of people there jam packed. Yeah. It's back is, is, close to before as possible at this point. Right. Right. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, well, sorry, you're not feeling well and hopefully by the next time we meet again, you're, you know, yeah. So if I sound a little nasally, that's, that's what's going on here. So it's actually, I was telling you you off camera, it's, this is actually good compared to what I have been the last few days. So that's, that's not good. Um, well, we'll just jump right in then. Um, I know, We've got summer coming up. It's kind of springtime right now. Um, we did touch on this in one of our previous topics, which was kind of related to your book, um, A Shell of Myself, kind of more so related to relationship with food. Because I think you and I both talked about, like, we've had this relationship where we thought food was bad for us, right? Uh, and I don't know. I'm going to turn it over to you on this one and just kick us off. You know, it, I, and I used to, I actually haven't really made a post about this in a while, but I used to tell people all the time, like, Food is another religion to people. Like, you know, my grandpa always, my grandpa always said, you know, two things you don't talk about at the dinner table is religion and politics, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, food, food is a religion to a lot of people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has an opinion on it and a feeling towards it because we do it, most people, at least three times a day, right? And we have to have it for survival. So there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of personal feelings involved. And if you have undergone a trauma, if you've undergone um, some sort of hardships in your life, it's easy to use food as a coping mechanism. And, you know, I sure did. Um, I did it actually by not using food in a way, you know, because I was under eating for so long. Um, But it is, it's something highly personable to every single Mm -hmm. one of us. And, um, you know, we have different relationships with it. Some people are afraid of it. Some people use it, like I said, as a coping mechanism. Um, you know, there's just, it, it's a very touchy subject with yeah. people because you have to approach it with the, the, I don't even know the confusion in, in which it is, because like I said, you yeah. don't know if somebody is using it because or not using it right under eating right. because they're afraid of it. Or maybe mm-hmm. somebody made them feel shameful in the past. Um, yeah. I find that most people's relationship with food is very complex. And mm-hmm. it, it took me a long time to realize that a lot of that complexity came from other issues. And I was just exactly. using the food 
as a way to cope with it. And, and I think you gotta be sensitive with people. Um, you know, yeah. I try to be as sensitive as I can with people when it comes to that, when I'm working with them and stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to tell them because most of them know my book. Most of them know my history. I'll be the first to tell yeah. them, listen, I am not an eating disorder expert. That's, right. I, I'm an expert in what I went through and, yeah. you know, I've done talks with other people and I've, you know, I've presented, um, on my situation and my, mm -hmm. uh, in the past and, I've done a lot of therapy, so I know things, but yeah. by no means is this my area of expertise. So I try to be very upfront with people when I notice that they have you know, those types of issues and realize, right. hey, you might need to go to somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. But those that have kind of it under control or just kind of working through some issues, because I got to that point too, right? Where I didn't yeah. necessarily need the therapist anymore, but I was still having these issues I needed to work through. So you have yeah. to really get to know what it is that they're fearful of and why they're mm -hmm. fearful of it and develop a plan because as you know, emotions, they rule us, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy. You say that. And I just think about my, my own situation and I, I don't even mind sharing, but I mean, my daughter just turned 20, but when she was born, I had gained like 75 pounds with her. And, yep. and for me, I was like, no food is bad because I don't feel the same anymore. Right. Like right. I had this bad connection with food and I got super skinny and like, I wasn't even really trying to David. I just was like, wow, this is not food is not helping me right now. So I don't want to eat it. Right. Like I felt different. And, um, I remember that it took me like a good couple of years to like come out of that, you know, just to like, they look at food as fuel again, like in that it's good for you. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's something we can easily control. And so when mm -hmm. we feel like our life is out of control, we're going to grasp onto whatever we can control, which is, yeah. you know, food and exercise. You can, you can, you can control how much or how little you put in your body and you can control yeah. how much or how little you exercise. Right. Yeah. And, and that was what I talked about a lot in the book. And that were my downfalls um, until I was able to really grasp onto what was yeah. my actual issue. Um, but, you know, relationships with food, they're tricky. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach it. I think that, you know, looking at food as fuel mm -hmm. is definitely one, one aspect of it, but we have to be real with ourselves. It's, it's also entertainment. Yeah. Food is entertainment. Um, food is social connection. Mm -hmm. And so we can't deny that those other relationships exist. Right. So we have to look at it in this, this very big macro picture. Um, but we can't, we might not be able to go right from, okay, I accept that food is fuel to yeah. I accept that food is socialization as well. So yeah. there's, there's this bridge and that's that, that journey across that bridge mm -hmm. um, is going to be different for everybody. And so there's not anything that I can say on here or that you can say that's going to be a hundred percent across the board for anybody, everybody. Right. But what I can say that I think can help a lot of people is um, this exposure yeah. Exposure therapy. You know, um, are you going to necessarily always or at some point get to feeling a hundred percent comfortable? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. You you might not, okay, but there's a difference between feeling uncomfortable and, and not letting yourself participate in you know going out with friends right. because you're fearful of it or going to family parties, mm -hmm. holiday parties, and 
there's a, the difference between that and then going and realizing, okay, this isn't my most comfortable situation, but I have tools to help me get through this. Yes, that's right? perfect. And yeah. it's, it's developing that toolbox. I mean, we talk about it all the time as coaches, like you have to load up your toolbox. Mm -hmm. Like I've used keto as a tool. Yep. You know, it's not my favorite tool, but I've right. used it right. right for people. Um, some people just listen, they, they do better on low carbs. Mm -hmm. Some people do better on calorie cycling. Some people do better on higher fat, lower carb, yeah. higher carb, lower fat, um, exercising. You know, some people can exercise five days a week. Some people can only do four, mm -hmm. you know, so it's just another tool and being able to have these coping mechanisms when you're in a situation that you're uncomfortable with, like maybe a holiday party where there's right. a lot of food and, you know, that relationship just isn't a hundred percent yet. Um, you know, there's a lot of different tools that you can develop, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like to set small little benchmarks with people along the way yeah. um, to, to help them get there. And some people, listen, you may need to make those benchmarks even smaller. Mm -hmm. And some people you might be able to make wider gaps yeah. and jumps. Yeah. So. That was one of my questions I was going to ask you is like, if, as you're working with people, like, where do you even start to like guide them? Cause it's like, ah, everyone's yeah. so, you know? It, it really, it, it really just comes out of the individual. Yeah. Um, you know, some people, I mean, I've, I've dealt with so many different, uh, examples. I'm just trying to even think like, yeah. you know, some people won't even, um, like they won't even go. Yeah. Right. So the first step is, okay, maybe with that, maybe go mm -hmm. take whatever meal you have planned with you, but go Yeah. put yourself in that environment. Right. Yeah. So it could be baby steps just as that. Like you're, you're going to go, maybe you don't even eat the food there, right, right. but you at least go. Yeah. I like that. And that's, that's a huge, that's a huge milestone for a lot of people. Right. Um, you know, some people I'll tell like, Hey, eat a meal beforehand mm -hmm. so that maybe you go there and you're not as hungry. So you're not as tempted to overeat. Right. Um, and just, you know, that's not something that I, I, I like to do with people for a long time, right? Because yeah. it teaches them that that food there is bad. Yeah, like it's enabling not. them to, to not doubt. But yeah. if it gets them to go and at least try a little bit mm -hmm. there, you know, that's a tool. So it really just comes yeah. down to where the person is. But I think the exposure therapy is the best route for most people. Yeah. Um, what that exposure looks like is going to greatly depend on, you know, how far along in your eating disorder or yep. you know, negative thoughts are you? And what are you comfortable with, with trying? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's it. And, and you're right though. Cause it does, it, 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 while we associate with food, there is something beyond that, that we're actually connecting with that's driving that. So I think that, that that is so important to call out because until you kind of, get through that, you're not going to be able to probably fix the food thing. You can attempt things like you're saying, but I mean, we all need to do the work to probably figure out what that could be, yep. you know? Um, Absolutely. So that, that's really, really a good, I mean, and, and so talking along the lines of like fuel, like we need that to build muscle, right? And people are like, well, how long does it take to build muscle? And I know you oh, talked yeah. about this. So I would love your take on that as well. Well, I mean, you know, I made a post last week or whatever about it. it it's probably going to be a lot longer than the idea you <laughs> yeah, have in your head. Right. Right. And now I, I preface most of my stuff, actually a hundred percent of my stuff, I guess, towards the natural 
yeah. athlete. And I say athlete, I mean, it's just person. I, I consider yeah. everybody athletes because mm-hmm. uh, we're humans. We need to possess all athletic skills, speed, yeah. strength, coordination, agility, balance, all that stuff. Right. right. So when I talk about nutrition and I talk about building muscle and burning fat, it's all geared towards somebody who's not taking um, performance enhancing drugs. Right. So the longer that you, it, and it's not so much when I say training age, it's not so much how old you are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how long you've been training for. Yeah. So, you know, when you are early on, you get those newbie gains. I'm sure most yeah. people have heard newbie gains, right? Now I don't want to, I don't want to make that sound like it just automatically happens. I mean, you still got, you got to put in the work. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But you, your body is primed for that stimulus, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it, it does not have an idea of what that stimulus is. Yeah. And that stimulus is going to, in essence, kind of shock your body to adapt, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the longer you're lifting for, the less, even if you are changing programs and you're adding progressive mm-hmm. overload, it's not as much stim- right. like new stimulus anymore. So you're yeah. going to have less gains per year. So, you know, you can, I mean, if all variables are correct and your, mm-hmm. and the, your genetics are correct too, I mean, you could gain 10 pounds of muscle in that first year, Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but as you go on, you get into, you know, your two, three, four, five, six down the road. I mean, if you, you could, if you put on a couple pounds, two to three pounds of muscle in a year, that's a good year. And most right. people hear that and they're like, that's it. Yeah. Because they hear about these people putting on weight and they, mm-hmm. they think, oh, it's all muscle weight. And yeah. it's not. You're going to store a lot of a lot more water intracellularly. Mm-hmm. Um, water retention is not a bad thing. Don't, you know, so many people bastardize that term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, intracellular water retention is good. That's, mm-hmm. that's what fills your muscles out. Okay? Yeah. Um, glycogen. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, if you are in a building phase, you will put on a little bit of body fat. Um, now we definitely have processes to limit that, yeah. but if you do a dirty bulk that you're obviously going to put on more body fat than you need to. Um, but it, it does take a while. And I, I just really, really try to push on people, like give yourself at least 12 months of not being in a deficit, um, yeah. to give yourself any sort of a chance to, to build. Right that year. You're not going to, you know, some people want to build half a year, six months Mm -hmm. and then cut. You're really not going to build that much muscle. Now you may put on weight, Mm -hmm. right? And and you may look fuller, but that's the water. That's the glycogen, that Mm -hmm. actual cross-sectional muscle fiber tissue. It takes a time, takes a long time to build up. So, you know, you could be, maybe you are someone starting in your thirties and you've never touched weights before. I'm not saying you're going to put on 10 pounds of muscle, right? But yeah. like you will still experience kind of those newbie gains. Now there's three, three categories of people that can build muscle in a deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are new to training, yeah. right? people who are pretty overweight or obese because mm-hmm. as you're dieting down and you're in a deficit, you're actually still in a surplus because you've got all that stored right. body fat that's breaking down for energy, right? Yeah. And then number three, people who have taken extended periods of time off from lifting due to injury. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like three weeks or a month. I'm talking about like a year or two or more. Um, yeah. So they can kind of get a little bit of that new stimulus. It's not going to be right. like when they first started lifting and, and all that yeah. stuff. But you, you can <laughs> experience a little bit of a bump from that. But those are really the only three you know people 
populations that can do that. Um, the goal when you're in a deficit is obviously to try to maintain the muscle that you already mm-hmm. have as you're dieting. Yeah. Down. Um, so, you know, I always get inquiries from people like, I want to, I want to lose body fat and build muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always have to go into that discussion with them, but I, I like doing that because it just shows how much more we as coaches and educators need to do to get to the general public because we are in the fitness industry. And I, that's the best term I can describe for what we do yeah. is like, it's still a very small sliver of the entire population. I know it's crazy. And we think, we think because, you know, we see people have, you know, millions of followers and stuff in the fitness mm-hmm. industry that, you know, it's a wide reaching audience and it's not, right. there's still, I mean, there's people in my own family that still don't understand yeah. what I do or, or macros or any of this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not from a lack of wanting to help them, but <laughs> because yeah. they just, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not a part of everyday uh, people's everyday existence. Yeah. Like we think it is, or we right. want to think it is. Um, so seeing those inquiries come in and, and having to explain to people just really kind of fires me up and makes me realize, okay, there's more we have to do. There's more work yeah. out there to educate, but yeah, right. going back to your original question, it's probably going to take you a lot longer. If you can at least give yourself a year of, you know, hitting your macros, being in a surplus, mm-hmm. um, not overdoing the cardio, uh, getting plenty of rest, hydration and having mm-hmm. a properly programmed, you know, uh, weight training, resistance training program, yeah. you know, that's going to give you your best shot. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions on that. I'll, I'll throw a couple out there and then I'll let you answer. So the first is, um, uh, we were talking about water and the muscle and everything. I'm curious your thoughts on creatine, number one. And number two, um, to say someone just like for myself, I'm just going to use myself as the example. If I don't want to be in a surplus, are you, is what I'm getting, gathering from that is I, there's no way for me to gain muscle if I'm not going to be in a surplus. Okay. Based on me already being, being active and like yeah. been weight training for a long time, you know, I've been doing this for years. Like, do I have to be in a surplus to gain muscle and I can't lose fat at the same time? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> Does got that make saying. sense yep. what I'm asking? Okay. So I'll answer the creatine one first. Creatine, uh, one of that and whey protein are pretty much the two most studied supplements out there. Mm-hmm. Thousands of yeah. studies on them. Highly recommend it. There's no negative to it. Um, three to five grams daily is all you need. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, a woman on the smaller side, three grams will be fine. If you're a man, even you know, a huge bodybuilder, uh, five grams is fine. Yeah. So, um, excellent, excellent product. Um, you know, it's going to, what it's going to do. So people will hear of water retention when they take creatine. Yeah. Um, That's why I don't take it because I retain so much water on it. But what happens is, is that creatine kind of gets in your muscle cells. All right. Yeah. And it's going to draw all that water intracellularly. That's mm-hmm. going to help with nutrient delivery. That's going to help with power. That's going to help with stamina. It's going to help with recovery. Um, so yes, you may see the scale go up, Yeah, but it's, it's good weight. And I know people will be like, I don't want any weight to come on. I'm trying to take weight off. <laughs> Trust me. It's going to help increase your performance. Okay. Okay. Now it's not something that you're going to see an improvement on right away it has right. to build up and you have to keep taking it and it saturates For your sure. body. Um, people, you know, a long time ago, uh, supplement companies were trying to sell this idea of creatine loading, which was taking wow. like 20 grams a day for five days and then cutting back down. 
studies have shown it only really saturates your body about two weeks earlier than if you just take five grams daily for a month for 30 days. Oh. All it's really doing is it's making you go through product quicker and having mm-hmm. to buy more product quicker. Yeah, we don't plus, want that. Plus, it can give you a lot of digestive issues because if you're taking in that much and it's not digesting mm-hmm. quick enough, it's going to settle in your digestive tract. And what's going to happen mm-hmm. with all that water, it's going to get drawn to your digestive tract instead of going yeah. into your muscles. It's going to cause people bloating, oh cramping, constipation, a lot yeah. of de- a lot of so three to five grams daily is all you need. Um, okay. You don't have to cycle off of it. You don't have to stop taking it because you're in a fat loss phase. Your body will adjust to that water retention over time. Okay. Uh, usually, it takes. I've seen it take you know anywhere from a week to two to three weeks. Um, sure. And then it kind of levels out. All right. Yep. Uh, after the thirty days, you still take it every day. If you miss a day here and there, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah. But you definitely don't want to like skip a whole week or two of taking it. Then you probably need to right. start all over with the process. But Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Okay. I highly makes suggest sense. it. Creatine monohydrate. Um, it's, it's, there's a bunch of different types of creatines out there. Creatine monohydrate mm-hmm. is the one that's the most studied. It's the, the best value. Um, yeah. I don't want to say the cheapest cause that makes it sound like it's a bad product, but it is, I mean, it's the less expensive, uh, one, yeah. you know, so creatine monohydrate, um, basically, you know, look at the label. It's, it's gonna, there's a bunch of other ingredients in it. I'd probably stay away from yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, find the most. That's what I was going to say. Because the there's one. a lot of them out there. There is. Yeah. There okay. is. Um, try to find the most pure one. Um, now, that doesn't mean it doesn't mean you can't have some flavor in it. You know, if you want to. That's yeah. not bad. But just, you know, anything that says proprietary blend on it. And that goes for any supplement. I would stay clear of it because most of the time they're not clinically dosed. That's because yeah. they don't want to have to show their dosages. That's how they get away with proprietary blend on their labels. Oh, but yeah. I've heard that before. Creatine monohydrate is great. Um, it's safe. I have not seen any indication that there's a population it's not safe for. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would probably, you know, if on the younger side, wait till you're 13 or 14 to take it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I've never seen anything with participants taking it under that age um, and older too. I mean, there's no real, no real problem with it. Yeah. Um, the, okay. Remind me of the second question again. Yeah. It was more or less around like someone from me, like building myself, muscle. for example, yeah. like building muscle. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. You can, you can, I know I was talking about the three categories of people building muscle earlier. That's not to say that people at maintenance can't build muscle. They can Mm-hmm. Um, there can be some body recomposition happening. When I talk about building muscle, though, in terms of changing someone's physique, I talk more so yeah. in terms of like from a bodybuilding approach. Okay. Sure. So, yeah, you can do some body recomposition at maintenance, burn some body fat, mm-hmm. build some muscle, things like that, of course. Um, but you're kind of in that gray area where, okay, are you going to maximize fat loss? No. Are you going to maximize muscle growth? No. Can you see little changes mm-hmm. here and there? Yeah, y- you can. Okay. But if yeah. you're really wanting to make significant changes, either way, drop significant amount of body fat or build muscle, you're going to have to yeah. be in a deficit or in a surplus. So 
Right. Yes. I'm glad you asked that question because there can be some body recomposition happening at maintenance. Um, yeah. For a while. For a while. Yeah. What's the best way to like go about doing that? Like, say I want to gain more muscle, lose fat, and I'm in maintenance. Do I adjust my macros? Well, Do I increase it, my weight? That's going to be kind of a, a whole picture approach because uh, for some people it could be, you know, we need to start adding more resistance training in. Or we need to mm-hmm. increase the intensity of our resistance training, right? So most of the time with that, it's going to probably, in my opinion, it's going to be more so from the exercise perspective. Um, because we know from studies, from nutrition studies and stuff, that if you, you are taking an adequate amount of protein for your lean body mass needs and you're hitting your calories, it doesn't really matter carbs or fats, how you, how you, uh, you know, choose those. Um, in terms of weight loss or weight gain. So manipulating mm-hmm. those aren't necessarily going to at maintenance if you're still hitting your calories, isn't really going to change your body composition. What will is yeah. adding more muscle. And you do that by making sure you're taking in adequate protein and that you're yeah. progressively overloading in the gym. So Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And then kind of going along that topic of, of people who – are doing this, we, you know, with summer coming up and things like that, we talked about this a little beforehand, just like people don't have a lot yeah. of time and they're rushing. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, it's, uh, it, what, so is that going to affect now? their goals? Yeah, it's March 13th now. Yeah. Spring We're like break, right? two and a half, three months away. Um, yeah. Everyone's getting ready for the bikinis and the swimsuit pool and all of that. I will say, I'm going to answer this two different ways. I'm going to answer it from the coaches, okay. from my coaching <laughs> perspective. And just say, yeah. y'all waited way too long to start this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to also answer it from a realistic standpoint. Um, now, what I'm about to say is prefaced, prefaced by you are taking in adequate calories already. Okay. Because if you're under yeah. eating now and you try to do what I'm about to tell you, you're probably just going to dig yourself in more of a hole and you're going to eventually need to, re- right. you would need to reverse diet now. Okay. But if you are taking in adequate calories, um, and you can kind of figure that out based off the Mueller equation and kind of where your estimated maintenance calories should Mm be, um, which, you know, that could be a whole nother topic that we talk about, but you can find that equation and I've got posts on it. I've got video on it on my YouTube. It walks you through it. So, um, granted you're, you're in a good caloric position to start a fat loss. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with doing an aggressive 12 week cut. It's not going to, mm-hmm. okay, I should say, I guess you can get way too aggressive and it could hurt you. But if you aim for about a, a 1% total body weight loss per week range, you can, you yeah. can do a, a fairly aggressive 12 week cut and get yourself ready. Okay. Now you want to make sure that yeah. you're keeping your protein high and you want to make sure that you're not mm-hmm. dropping down lower in calories than you need to. Um, I can't give, right. I can't give too many blanket statements on where calories should be because that's going to be very yeah. individual. But if you're going to do an aggressive cut, aim for about 1% total body weight loss per week. If you're losing more than that, mm-hmm. I would probably try to take calories up and stuff. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because yeah. I know that people that are listening to this and they're like, Oh, I can just lose more and more and more. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to risk losing your muscle tissue along the way. So that 1% is about the upper range, unless you are somebody who is obese, then you can lose at Mm -hmm. a little bit quicker of a rate. Okay. 
Um, it's very yeah. important to figure out where your caloric floor is also. And so mm -hmm. basically what that is, is if you take your lean body mass in kilograms and multiply by 22.5, yeah. that 22.5 is the calorie number. Okay. That's going to give yeah. you based off of your lean body mass, where your lowest amount of calories should be. Now, I don't yeah. like to approach that number with anybody. That's like a last ditch mm -hmm. effort. And that would only be if we're like prepping and we're, we're trying to, you know, get that final little bit off, but you don't want it. You don't want to oh, go yeah. under that for health purposes. That's kind of the number that science has found to be like, okay, you're probably still not going to have the best health at this point, but you definitely yeah. don't want to go under here. So right. you know, I would look for that number. Um, I would, I would kind of figure out where your current maintenance is and start mm -hmm. with a decent amount of deficit somewhere between a, you know, 20 to 25% deficit from there and yeah. see where your rate of weight loss is at that point. But try to try to stay at that 1% yeah. goal, total body weight goal per week. Mm -hmm. And if you need to do that for this short amount of time, that's great. Understand though, you're not yeah. going to be able to sustain that final calorie number you might be able to sustain it for a little bit throughout the summer, but you will have to reverse diet after that. This, this is not, Absolutely. A, I'm going to get down here and stay at this 1,350 calories for the rest of my time. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah. there are ways to safely go about doing an aggressive cut like that. Um, I, I just, I really suggest to people like give yourself more time. Uh, but I understand, I understand there's yeah. always going to be, be people that are like, you know, they, I'm kind of like this with projects too, where when it gets down to crunch time is when I really, I really like, right. live, you know, I, I live it up and I, I'm ready to go. Uh, you don't want to do that with yeah. your physique though. Okay. There's difference between putting no, together a speech no. or a presentation or a work, you know, something for work and then mm -hmm. your health. So I try to tell people, no, definitely, definitely work backwards. Like figure out when you want to be ready by and work backwards mm -hmm. and make sure you're giving yourself enough time. No, that's such a good point. Cause I, I mean, again, we've talked about me before, but I did where I was in that deficit and it was almost like I was going starving to death, like so hungry, but what ended up happening. And I've told you this is it affected my thyroid, my Absolutely. other sex hormones. Like it was too much for too long. Like it just, it took a toll on me. And so I'm so careful about never doing that again. I would rather, you know, people don't think about that either. I would rather someone do a longer diet and throw in diet breaks. Um, right. even though that we right. know it. And, and listen, I was, I was on this study. I, I did this in, in college. I was on this research study. We know that diet breaks are not necessarily as, uh, metabolically, um, beneficial as we once thought they were. Um, but that doesn't mean yeah. that there's not benefits still. Like the benefits are more like psychological, you know, um, mm -hmm. re-energize your body, you know, refill yeah. your glycogen stores, things like that. So there, there is benefits to them. Okay. Um, and it also keeps you mm -hmm. from having to get super aggressive and then get down to that point where you just can't sustain it. So. Yeah. Like going to bed when you have hunger pains and you're waking up, like oh, that's not no, okay. No. <laughs> you know? And I'm not in a deficit and I still sometimes do that. And I'm like, Oh, jeez. Yeah. But right. Is it, it all right, I'm just going to rabbit hole this right now because say you do that. I, I mean, 
I never go to bed where I'm starving, David. Like I will make like Absolutely. eggs or something because I'm like it wrecks my sleep. Otherwise, it's like what do you do? Like do you eat? Do you not? I like, will I tell people, and you know, there's there's a lot of other people that I think prescribe to this too. Um, and actually, I just saw Stan Efferding put something up the other day about this, um, and I 100% agree. It, but he put it up in terms of cardio or sleep. Um, but uh, the premise still is the same that. I tell people, do not skimp on sleep. It will be worse yeah. for you than if you overeat a little bit. Um, because yep. if you're not getting enough rest, and listen, I'm as guilty as anybody. I do not sleep well. Um, your cortisol levels are going to be constantly elevated. You're going, that's going to inhibit fat burning. Okay. If you're well rested, right. you have a, a, a strong metabolism. Uh, that extra little food that you're going to eat, that is going to get digested throughout the night anyways. It's going to get burned off. It's not going to yeah. be readily as stored as fat. Uh, now, obviously, we're talking within not a huge amount of food, right? We're, I'm not saying go eat a huge buffet mm -hmm. right before yeah. bed and sleep like a baby and you're not going to get fat. But if you <laughs> yeah. need that little bit of a snack, try to make it a higher protein yeah. snack so that you stay a little bit more satiated. Mm -hmm. uh, we also know that overeating on protein – uh, though you may see a little weight gain just from the volume of food, uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't get stored as fat as easily. I actually, I remember, yeah. and do not ask me the name of the study because I could not repeat it for the life of me, but in grad school, uh, Dr. Campbell was going over a study. I remember this. He was going over a study with us about how uh, they tested people who overate 500 calories from like carbs and fats and mm -hmm. overate it from protein. At the two groups. And uh, actually, I think there was three groups. I think one overate it by fat, one overate it from carbs, one overate it with protein. And oh, wow. though the weight went up for all three, there was no increased fat storage with the protein. Because oh. it's, so, it's so difficult for your body to store protein as fat. Um, yeah. So if I'm going to, that's why, that's why I tell people try to have like a, a higher protein snack at night, it's going to help keep you satiated mm -hmm. and, and less yeah. likely to turn into fat. Now, once again, yeah. if, if you're staying within your calories and you want to have some carbs and fats at the end of the mm -hmm. night, and you're still within your calories. You're, you, it's also not going to yep. get stored as fat unless you're just in a surplus. Right. right? But, um, yeah. Yeah. to kind of answer your question, that's, that's kind of what I would tell people is try to get a, a protein heavy snack right before bed. Mm -hmm. Try to help you sleep a little bit better. I like that. Drop your cortisol levels a little bit. Yeah. No, I really like that. And I know we're getting close on time, but I, I liked what you had to say um, on your Instagram account. And you probably have it out on your YouTube too, but the three the three habits to kind of like reset oh, your yeah. day and like staying off of your phone yeah. because everybody's always on their phone, myself included. How do we Somebody shut called it down, me out on know? that and I just had to laugh because they were right because they're like, aren't you on your phone writing this now? And I'm like, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm you just have talking to about be, in the morning yeah. saying like, I can't, I mean, I, I yeah. work on my phone. I mean, I average about seven hours a day on my phone, but it's also work, you know, so there's a difference right, between right. There's a difference. getting up in the morning and jumping right on social media as opposed to easing into yeah. your day, getting your mind right, and then getting yeah. on the computer, right? So I'm not saying eliminate social right. media. I'm not saying eliminate your phone. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think, that, I think that we are a society that is overstimulated from social media mm -hmm. um, 
and just our work in general. I think that we turn to drugs like caffeine way too much and don't get it twisted. Caffeine is a drug, right? Um, Now it's an acceptable drug for most of the, most of the people, but um, we wake up so dehydrated from being asleep, hopefully Mm -hmm. seven to nine hours. Right. Um, Your body, you know, your body put that caffeine in to shock your body to wake up. Right. Well, I mean, you are just doubling down on that stimulus and that stress you're putting on your body by putting that caffeine first without having any sort of buffer with that, with that, with that water, you know, so drink a glass of water when you first wake up in the morning, uh, before you have your coffee. Um, you know, I, I think I even mentioned it in the post that we use coffee to wake up, right? Most people. Yeah. Now I'm a little weird. I actually do love the taste of just black coffee. Um, but most people really don't drink coffee for the taste. They drink it for the energy, right? Try hydrating yourself first and see how much energy you have. I drink a whole, um, actually I'm actually in the habit now of drinking two shaker bottles of water. So about 20 to 40 ounces of water before I even have a cup of coffee. Um, and, and I'm doing that while I'm I'm starting working in the morning and then I get through a certain amount Mm -hmm. and then I go have my coffee. Um, but do that. Um, you know, read something in the morning other than social media. <laughs> uh, social media is is designed to make you feel bad about yourself. Most accounts. I mean, yeah. obviously that that's not yeah. a blanket statement across that's across so the true. board because there are right. things that are trying to help you, right? But the majority mm-hmm. of social media out there is designed to make you continue to want more and not be thankful for what you have. So. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying I, I start, I, I love reading the Bible in the morning. I, I love doing all that. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's what somebody has to do, but read something that is going to challenge you and then yeah. at least get you thinking, right? Maybe it's a, you know, I've got a lot of leadership books that I've got over here that I love to read. Um, I've got a, a lot of, you know, self-improvement type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, maybe Maybe someone out there wants to get up and read research in the morning. That's fine. Whatever it is, get something to get your brain thinking other than just going and looking to see what hundreds of thousands of people that you will never meet in your life are doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because, and I almost wonder if more people did that, if they feel more confident about themselves. I don't think there's any way you can. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, let's just change There's there's also, you know, there's going to be people that are always going to be drawn to that addiction of social media and stuff. And listen, I, I find myself still aimlessly scrolling through. I'm not saying that getting up and reading is going to end all that. Right. But it's a, yeah. it's a hell of a lot better to start your day off with reading something productive or helpful towards your improvement. Um, than to go on and see what celebrity did this or what influencer, you know, selfie, picture they posted this morning that's going to make you feel like crap the rest yeah. of the day, right? Because you don't look like that. Um, totally. And then the third thing is move your body. So it doesn't mean you have to get up and yeah. go to the gym uh, at five or six o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, and it doesn't even mean that as soon as you get up, you have to go outside. But like, try doing the other two first and then go out for a nice little 10-minute mm-hmm. walk around your neighborhood. Or... You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I know some, a lot of people during the winter, they live in areas where it's cold and they don't want to go outside. I mean, yeah. do some jumping jacks or 
you know, do some body weight squats or some mm-hmm. push-ups. Just do something to get some blood flow and make you feel like you're using your body, yeah. right? Um, those three things I think can help tremendously, not just towards like your physical health, but your mental and emotional health as well. So, right. No, and I know that is like beneficial because I've kind of shifted a little bit in how I approach my morning. I'm normally like the type of person I'll go work out at 4:30 or five, and I've shifted yep. it, and I would have caffeine right away. So, like within the last six months, I've started to like have water with lemon in the morning. Um, not necessarily meditate, but I would do some like research stuff. And then I would be like, there was no rush. I didn't feel this rush to like get to the gym. I'm like, I'll get there when I get there. And then, you know, and it just feels like I'm, um, my yeah. adrenals are better. My cortisol you know, is better. Like all of that. So I think the there's meditation, something to be said And about that it. can replace the reading. You know, I, I, there's a lot of things I could have put, right. Yeah. But those are something yeah. along those lines, right. That gets you thinking mm-hmm. about you, about your, where you, your goals, yeah. about how to improve, or that just gets you not thinking like meditation, right? Sometimes meditation is just to clear your head right. and, and get ready for the day ahead. Um, basically just meant to be anything other than ju- jumping on social media right away. Cause I mean, I'm not, yes, no, I, that is I, so true. I've done that for a long time and every now and then I'll catch myself still doing mm-hmm. it. Right. Like all these things that we talk about, yeah, yeah. you're never going to be a hundred percent perfect with all the time. The point is yeah. progressing over perfection, progression over perfection, mm-hmm. right? Like the majority yeah. of the time you are trying to do these things to better yourself. We're human. We're going to flip back into to habits every now and then, but we want to just make sure that we're setting ourselves up for yeah. the most success moving forward. And to me, downing a couple cups of coffee before anything in the morning, scrolling through social media for 20, 30 minutes and just sitting around not doing anything that doesn't set me up for success. And I don't know too many people that it does. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. No, that's so good. And you bring up the like scrolling on social media. You know, I, I saw some posts about that, which I thought was valid is people are like, I don't have time to go to the gym, but they have yeah. time to sit on social media. You could take that 20, 30 minutes and, you know, Absolutely. work out later in your Absolutely. day. Absolutely. I mean, right? Like, so yeah, that, or, you know, people have a hard time getting steps in, you know, and maybe, maybe you don't have enough time to yes. necessarily drive across town and get to the gym, but you can get out and be active. Yep. Do your, sure. jumping jacks, or do your jumping do your jacks, do your burpees, <laughs> do your push-ups, walking whatever, lunges. Whatever it might take. There's so much yeah. stuff that you can do around the house. I mean, no, yeah, you don't you need don't. your gym. The gym really, is just don't. a convenient yeah. tool to, to use resistance. Mm-hmm. In. Right. You know, you can find resistance all over your house yeah. to use. Yeah, no, that's, and my brother does a lot of that. And I'm always like, wow, that's, you know. It's more like therapeutic, I think, because you don't have to stress about. And listen, going I tell people a lot of times, like, like if they get bored you know, at the gym, like people get through go through ruts, right? I'm like, get creative at home. Yeah. See what you can do at home. Don't think about mm-hmm. weight. Okay. Don't think about X a number of pounds. Right. Think about. Let me see if I yeah. can do RDLs with my couch. Right. Let me see if I can. Yeah. Uh, Fill up a couple five gallon buckets of water and do farmers carries up and down my driveway mm-hmm. without, you know, there's just yeah. so much you can do. Um, yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. It, it, it can be a way to kind of refresh things a little bit. Yeah. And you get, you use your creative part of your mind, I think, which we all lose because Absolutely. social media is Absolutely. doing that for us right now. So 
comes back to that. <laughs> well, oh, I appreciate you pleasure. being on again. This is always so great to, to meet up with you. Um, any any fun plans? Like I know you were just at the Arnold. Um, no, we don't have anything really planned or... until the summer. Um, I guess what is coming up? Honestly, just uh, pretty normal life around here um, for us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're always Which pretty active. Nice, we got a, a yeah. almost twenty month old now, and you know, we we don't sit down, and we're always going, yeah. going, going, and doing stuff. So she keeps us on our toes, and that's exciting. Uh, you know, pretty normal work stuff. You know, just bringing on new clients, and uh, yeah, everything's good right now. So that's awesome. And speaking of that, can you let the listeners know again where they can find yeah, you? Yeah, we'll um, put it all in the show notes. You can find me on social media. Uh, at Coach David Mathis on Instagram. Um, email is david at biolane.com. I have a YouTube channel. Just type in David Mathis, M-A-T-H-A-S. Um, <laughs> what are all my platforms? Um, I am on TikTok, and I, I, I'm not really, like, the biggest fan of it. Um, actually, I, I hate it, to be completely honest. I hate it. And all I do is just I throw my daily videos up there just because I know it reaches a large audience. So if you are on TikTok... You can search just, uh, what is it, David Mathis, I think, on that. So um, those are the main ones, yeah. All right. No, that's cool. We'll, again, we'll put that all in the show notes. I know you and I talk about no, that. No, and I like contemplated <laughs> getting off and stuff. And it's just, you know, I am pretty much off of it. I just throw the video up there, and I don't really, I don't really, yeah. It's yeah, just more I get I, why I you mean, do it. Yeah. You can't deny <laughs> the, the data and the, the reach and stuff, so. You know, I'm hoping it's reaching sure. more people and helping more people. So I'll make that sacrifice yeah, and stay on TikTok if it's no, going to sure help it people. Right. I appreciate so, it. Well, thank you again good for talking being to you. on. And um, meet up next month. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, we'll do our Take topic care. again next month. So thank you. All right. Take care.